week's voice party is brought to you by IOPvideo.com. We're all stuck inside and content is king right now. So if you want to create some content, have some video shot, advertise your small business, start a podcast, whatever, check out IOPvideo.com. We do it all and we will do it all for you. IOPvideo.com. We make things look pretty. Oh, and here we go, the man of the hour, the man with the power. How's it going, me, Dave? Hello. How you doing? Welcome to the voice. What's going on, buddy? Dave. So much. Uh, this is weird now. More. I mean, I've been so used to Zoom shit. Now I'm talking to my computer and not seeing anybody. Hello? <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's getting worse, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, this is the way we've been doing our episodes, and... Uh, we were we were thinking about doing Zoom, but uh, I I don't I don't know why. Uh, Phil, any any this any, sounds any, better. This sounds better. It sounds yeah. better. It's a little easier to do it this way. It's it's less intensive on the bandwidth, and we use this app to edit and distribute our podcast anyway. So it's just convenient. Yeah, if you're not using the Box. video, why bother? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. What's up, Fiend Dave? What's up, man? Long time no see, brother. Well, uh, we're still not seeing. We're hearing, but yeah, I hear you. So I agree. But, yeah. No, I. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. Last time you did an interview, I was like so bored. I just logged on and watched you and Jorge go at it. Where was it? When I was that? Kinda... What, what do you mean? When was what interview? I don't remember. Uh, Jorge interviewed you on his show. Oh. And uh, the, where he's interviewing people. Yeah. And I just went on there and I just. I was asking you guys questions back and forth. <laughs> oh no, shit! I don't. I don't even, oh god, I don't even remember that. That, that was like a that was like a few months ago, dude. Oh, was it? Uh, wasn't it a show that was just a hangout? Wasn't it? It was just something. It was like live stream. It, you guys went live on on, on Instagram. Oh, was that it? was on Instagram. Yeah, on his Instagram. I, I you know when you say show, I always you know everybody does things on Instagram. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> have you been doing Have you been doing Zoom shows? Yeah, no, I've, that's what's been uh, keeping me afloat through the months. Uh, what happened was I, I, the week that the quarantine started, all my gigs were drying up because everybody, you know, was, was you know ending them, and so I was like, okay, well, I'll just live off my savings or whatever. And then uh, somebody invited me to do one Zoom show with a couple other comics for like a uh an affluent crowd there were you know they're you know well-off people that are like regular audience members of this one comedian's uh show she produces and uh i ended up making enough money to uh be like all the gigs that dried up that that money filled up to pay my rent and then uh and then i the wheels started turning and i'm like uh you know if i put together a show of my own based on our podcast another terrible podcast by comics um, we could get uh, we could get an audience and even maybe a few tips. So that was just that was just the start of that. But then um, I started see other people started popping up doing shows, and uh, and the more that people saw that this was going to last a while, uh, I just yeah. was glad I started adapting right away because there's definitely there's shows and people donate tips and well, they're I mean they're not they're not ideal but they're not that bad. Yeah, you know I, mean, I, I did I did. Oh, go ahead. Well, wait, wait, before we get into anything else, I just want to say real quick. Um, I know we kind of just got into it, but me and Dave, I just want to yeah. tell the people what you do, the listeners, that we uh, just so if someone's listening and, and they know what you do, introduce yourself I'm a, for, the, for the listeners. I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, been a, a Bay Area stand-up comedian for the last 10 years. Been 
uh, as I say, a, a professional aspiring comedian for the last three, so <laughs> my full-time job. Um, yeah. I, uh, I've, I've basically, I've been, you know, mostly local, but I, you know, I travel here and there. I'm not some club headliner. I'm a club host and feature at best. Uh, um, that's not knocking what I do. It's just, that's right. the level I'm at. But, you're, um, you're a working comic. Yeah. Working. And, uh, I, I, you know, for the most part, uh, yeah, you know, and I, I also have a, a, a YouTube show that I've done off and on the last few years, but I picked it back up. Uh, in the quarantine called in the meantime with me and Dave, and you can find those episodes on YouTube pretty easily. So that's clever in the meantime. I like that. Yeah. 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 You know, they'll play on words. So, <laughs> so, how are so you, guys? You, you're, you're talking about having to do all these, uh, all these zoom shows because this damn quarantine is just sucked up all the freelance jobs and all the side gigs and all the hustles it, yeah it definitely has uh i mean it's made people i mean it's put some people in a tough spot because yeah i mean if you're working in the service industry and stuff like that that's really rough and um and then there's you know other jobs that are deemed essential you still got to deal with uh whatever the potential fears of the coronavirus out there if you're working at a grocery store or whatever else so yeah what do you do you do you think uh like stand-up comedy shows in the bay area will be picking up like how how soon or right, a better question because i know they're yeah. going to be opening places up soon how soon do you think you'll feel comfortable doing stand-up in the bay area I, yeah i'm going to tell you something right now i have no fear of this bullshit I'll, okay I, I don't I know, it, <laughs> I know it's very real i am not the model person for i mean i wear a mask to protect others i you know yeah i wash my hands and do all that kind of shit but i'm i'm not I'm I'm definitely one of these people that I care more about uh, help you know more about the potential of of hurting others than myself. However, mm. you know it's like I, so like I'm re- I mean I'm with, when you travel Bart as much and at the times that I've been <laughs> on it, like what what are you really afraid of? Um, but I I get why people are afraid of it, and I know some people that have gotten it that uh, have been only two that were hospitalized. I don't know them like that well, but two people that were hospitalized that uh, they could have died from it. I know another person who I do am in closer contact with who got it that um, got sick. And actually, I know two people who got pretty sick from it, but no one that's died. I've actually more people that I know. There's more people that I know that have died from like quarantine related uh, like ODs and and um, and relapsed and then had something happen as a result of the relapse and die. Uh, or uh, one person I don't know this person, but I came across them. They committed suicide, and oh, shoot. Um, there's there's been a lot more, uh, you know. And I'm I don't I don't negate the the importance of what we're doing, but there, it's definitely been at a cost. That I think you know, country's been kind of in denial over, and then we you know we shifted gears, and now we're on to the the the, the trouble. The I want to say the the tenth subject of race. For good reason, I think it's long overdue. It's just a hell of a time for it to come up, and yeah, um, yeah, right. Oh my God, this fucking year. Yeah, uh, it's been really enough. It's been a roller coaster, that's for sure. Yeah, I was gonna say, funnily enough, uh, I do like man on the street videos with the stand-up comic Iman Dismore, and like yeah. two weeks before the quarantine started, we did a video in San Francisco where he's just talking to people about the coronavirus, and everybody he's interviewing is just like, "It's a hoax." It's fake. It's not real. And boy, did that not those people are infected now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
I, I, I mean, for the most part, I know that, because uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a real illness. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not an expert, and I don't pretend to be. Um, I just also, I'm, I'm always skeptical of like, I, I, it's weird. I'm skeptical of two things. I'm skeptical of of people who know everything that clearly are not experts, and I'm skeptical of the overwhelming sense of conformity listening to a small handful or listening to i mean it's it's kind of, it's strange because it's like the the main thing that i've that i've learned from all of the all of the the whatever the the best sources of all this shit is that really they don't fucking know how this shit works <laughs> like yeah. they, we know that it's there and we know that it's it's as transmissible as like you know most things that are you know flu and whatever but it seems to it 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 seems to have like a higher rate in some places than others and and then also with the asymptomatic factors and all that kind of shit they really don't have a lot of information on it and yet are pumping us full of it constantly so that yeah it, it seems like every week they go they're, by, they're we sending get, it out yeah yeah it seems like every week that goes by we get new information that contradicts old information and then contradicts forthcoming information nobody fucking knows they're just saying shit really confidently yeah. to hope we believe them it's confusing I, and i and so then and then you got people that are arguing over it every you know we've got i don't know how i don't know how many unfriendings have been going on since the quarantine <laughs> oh, but Jesus, so many unfollows and unfriends and blocks so yeah. <laughs> well you know, you know that's that, well, uh, i think i think as a comic you're probably dealing with that i mean for a long time already I mean, with, with oh yeah, the way, the way yeah, I have no <laughs> problem with with uh, stirring shit up on on Facebook and getting mad on Facebook. Yes, I I know that's one of the things that I <laughs> I know about you is this uh I I know you you don't really give a fuck who you offend, and that's one. Of I things. do. That's not true. I do. You I do? do? Okay. Well, to me, I do uh, these days. It, not as it just seem it just seems like uh uh you, you know okay I know I know you I I've never I've never uh gotten into it with you or whatever and whenever mm -hmm. i see someone that like whatever on, on facebook another comic that posts something about you like i just unfriended mean dave because blah 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 mm -hmm. I, I immediately think what did they do <laughs> you know because because <laughs> i know dave, like what yeah. the hell did they do and and uh and you uh the like the way you were the first time i i talked to you you've been that way ever since you know what i'm saying so yeah I mean, I I don't get I don't see those don't if they happen a lot these days I haven't I haven't seen it and I don't I don't pay it too much mind because these days I just I a lot of times it's just like I've I've been down that road with people before so many times that yeah. now it just gets kind of tiresome but um so I try to avoid that shit but like recent the most recently the one that almost like happened where it was and it was kind of i want it wasn't so much my fault but i i acknowledged the fact of how it was perceived was a friend of mine comedian ben kalina who i've known for many years mm -hmm. um and he got upset at a tweet of a, a tweet oh, right man. you know twitter in the twitter world um where i forget what it even the, the source was but i i uh he had like a couple misspellings in like a response, and I just asked if he was drinking again in before noon. Oh shit! And, and he got really pissed off at me at that implication. I'm like, I'm joking. This is the shelter in place. Like I've seen yeah. pictures of you with joints and beers in your hand, like you know, in, in so many different scenarios. So I thought it was just like you know, I'm just casually joking that you know at, at you know the day drinking because I, I don't know how many people 
were posting and, and tweeting that they were day drinking through the, the beginning of the shelter in place. So I just thought it was the throwaway thing. And then he came at me like hard, uh, angry. And I, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. And, and I basically was just sort of like, I think you're overreacting. Uh, you know, I was, I definitely didn't mean it to, you know, hurt your feelings, none or whatever. And, and I said, I, I just thought I was joking in territory that was, that was totally okay. Knowing you and, right. And um, see, and that's was, what happens when 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 you call out like a closeted alcoholic in public. <laughs> I call him. I wouldn't even call him a closeted alcoholic. Like, here's the thing: is it, it, his response is definitely defensive on that level. But I've known. I Ben knows me. We've known each other for a long time. Very funny uh, we dude. Both, we both started at the same time, and he's a good dude. And that's so. That was where. <laughs> It, it, the funny thing about it, the the where I got my second DUI, the last place I was at was at a bar in Livermore that he introduced me to. So that's kind of funny. Um, but he's he's a he's a functioning dude. He's got his issues and just like anybody else. But not I was not about what happened was within 24 hours. Cause, oh, here's what I because he blocked me on Twitter. I'm like I barely follow you on Twitter. Why <laughs> you gotta block me on Twitter? I'm like I'm, it's a, it's it's fucking a wonder I even responded to this. And um, so, so I, I was like, "Well, here, let me help you solve your problems." And I blocked him <laughs> on Facebook just as if face in that moment. And then, and then, as I'm going on, and I was, I oddly enough, I was talking about it in a in a just a Zoom hangout chat later. And I was realizing, I'm like, this is Ben Kalina I'm talking about. Like, what the fuck is am I doing? Like, he's the last person that I should ever have be beefing with. And then also, we were on. We, it was uh, Butch just posted a flyer not long after that. We were on the same show that Saturday on Zoom. Oh wow! So I was like, eh, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this fester." So then, by the morning, I, uh, I am, unblocked him on there, and I totally like, I gave him a nice apology of just like, like, look, I get, I, I get why you're mad. It was not my implication. I thought I was fucking around in some territory that was okay, but I apologize. You know, we're old friends, and I'm like, and this is you. Like, why am I gonna? make a fucking issue with you this is my 12-step program at work by the way because i the old me not a problem cutting that shit off you know but, it's uh, funny that you mentioned that at one of my, one yeah. of my shows you did that you had you had stopped drinking and then i i guess i'm such a fucking drunk every time i see you i'm a little buzz or whatever or high every time we yeah. perform together i was like wait wait like you I, I don't know why i assumed you you drink and smoke and then, i was like I, you don't even eat cheese like holy shit like <laughs> that's not part of recovery know, though the cheese saying, like, the cheese yeah. shit i'm allergic to milk and fuck all of that shit that's, that's no but you know i just i had no idea i guess i'm so you know sometimes because I, I used to drink a lot more back then and it's it just mm -hmm. you kind of just assume oh long hair yeah he smokes weed you know it's just I, you know oddly enough in early recovery i had more offers of free weed or like it's, it's 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 weird how recovery works sometimes and this happens for a lot of people where you know when when i'm still drinking and still partying or whatever nobody's offering free shit but as soon as i'm in recovery everybody's got free shit to fucking off it, it and it's it's just infuriating so i even was on the street uh i was killing time smoking a cigar uh around the corner from my job i was just i just got off work so i'm chilling there first thing that was funny was a a woman who clearly looked like she was in harder times than me yeah she passed by me i got a bag full of sandwiches too i'm giving out later at a show and she passes by me looks at me does a double take and i'm like what the fuck is this lady gonna say and she goes she reaches in her pocket and then she hands me some change she goes here sugar uh, it looks like you need this more than me 
and I, and I and I looked at her and I smiled and she goes, "Oh, you don't need it, do you?" I'm like, "No, I just got off work. Sorry, I just look like shit. Thanks." So. And uh, so she laughed at that, and then uh, and then not even like five minutes after her, a very well off looking, clearly professional, I would guess, you know, six figures at least or more. This guy making, he's walk walking with his luggage. And he passes by me, does another double take. I'm like, what the fuck is with today? And he looks over and he goes, hey, man, um, I, I got like an hour and a half before my flight. And uh, and I can't take this with me. So you want to help me finish this? And he has this huge fucking joint that he that like has plenty left. And I look and I and I said, I, I said, I, I know how it appears, but actually I don't smoke weed, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for the offer, though. And I'm like, where were these motherfuckers yeah. you know, in 2012, 2013? You know? so. yeah. It's the same thing with dating. Like when you're single, women won't pay you any oh, mind. Yeah. And then every I have, I, yes. people throwing themselves into traffic just to get your attention. That is every I have, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I have an issue with that. Like I was like, you know, I, I went through, I, I was in a relationship. And then, and then as, as it was ending, I was like, here we go. Oh, no, no, sorry. The other way around. When I got into a relationship, that didn't seem to happen is to me. Is this true? And so I'm like, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm absolutely kidding. true. I'm and so I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Like, yeah, it was like, yeah, it went. I went from zero, one, zero, and that was it. <laughs> and that's and that's been it, huh? No more. Yeah, yeah. So may, may, maybe next time. <laughs> maybe in another lifetime. No, you know, <laughs> I, I I know because you you mentioned that at the March show that we did. I've I've been I've been performing with you since like 2013, dude. Like this is it's been a. I, that's when I first did my first shows with you. I, I didn't when I first we didn't we met. Yeah, we met after I got in recovery. Isn't that correct, JD? I think so. Yeah, yeah because you I'm did my sure. you did one of my first ramen shows and uh, actually I no no I did one of the later ones because I saw that you were doing them. Oh yeah, with Bush. like around the, yeah because you started doing them. I did one later on because I because uh, I I was actually kind of I wasn't pissed at you but I was pissed at like cuz I know all I knew all the people that lived there yeah. and I'm like what are they doing comedy shows there and I'm not involved these assholes <laughs> so I was I was you know I used to do some punk shows there every now and then that's what it was okay so that when when we met you were already done so I think uh, you were done, you were already uh, yeah I knew I, I may have crossed paths with you cuz I knew uh, I I crossed paths with Johan from time to time okay but, yeah, no, yeah, and I, I, I think you already you knew Gaspar also, right? I, I knew Gaspar. I met Gaspar later, though, at through um more through uh our mutual friend Kathy, uh, oh, Kathy yeah. McCarty. Oh yeah, <laughs> those shows in Concord, right? At, at Vinny's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I got a question for you as right now with everything going on. Um, like, do you think there's a lot of like stand up comedy will be a like are just people going to be flocking to the shows after this is over, man? Eh, you know what's funny? Yeah, uh, I think mm -hmm. they will, and and here's why: we just started doing a show called Comedy Drive-In here in Newark. Mm. Uh, my friend Mike Bucci, uh, who's uh, he's a he started doing comedy about a year ago, uh, and and he's he's a funny dude, but he's also he's been a fan, a longtime fan of our local shows and stuff. And um, and then we got him into it. Uh, he was one of the guys on Drew Harmon's. I think I'd be good at that show where we train a non-comic to do comedy. Yeah. And and he had a good set, and he really enjoyed it. And um, so much so that he's the only guy who's done the show that's continued doing stand-up afterwards. Um, and he's not trying to like he's not delusional and like trying to make it a career or anything. He really gets that 
this is a fun a, a fun and and uh, a rewarding venture to do even on the local level which is kind of like he gets what I do it's like I'm not I'm not out here with some delusional dreams of grandeur I like the fact that it's a it's something that I can do it's a uh, kind of a, an independent hustle that I can still make a living at and not have to be some some asshole in in uh, in entertainment to do it and um, and so he he got that and so uh, he's been doing it about he was closing in on doing a year and then the coronavirus hits and all the shelter in place so he started thinking um, about other avenues to be able to to kind of like still do a live show but have it be within the parameters of the shelter in place and he came up with the with an idea that other people have done too like in other areas of the country and even in Santa Cruz which is a drive-in comedy show where if you have the means um, there's basically a setup uh, he's done this before where he's had he's put on drive-in movies locally here in, in Newark and um, and so he just basically took the concept and and put it to stand-up comedy where they have a mic set up that can be piped into the radio frequencies in your car and uh, and then have a bunch of cars you know basically uh, get reserve reservations to park in a lot um, and then we he create he built a stage top of this one trailer he had and he has a he has a inflatable movie screen where he can then project the image of the comedian onto and we have this drive-in stand-up comedy show that we just did the first time last saturday and uh it went great um did really well the audience loved it and so we're doing them he's got them slotted uh we're doing them uh each saturday in june and then we're going to reevaluate and see if it's worth doing into july or whatever but um and it's all legal. It's all like he works. He's a city councilman here in Newark. So he knew the proper channels. He was talking to me about trying to do it guerrilla style. And I said, dude, you're a city councilman, man. Like <laughs> you work for the fucking city. I don't think it's a good idea. And, it's like, why make it harder for yourself? Yeah. And, it, I, mean, I guess the paperwork is that tedious. I was like, oh, I don't want to file out the paperwork. Well, Let me just do it. Well, it's not even like you'll get kicked out of office. No one ran against him last time, but uh, but it's more the fact that he he. It's just yeah, you just don't want it to fall back on you, yeah. you know, with any issue. And and he he went through the proper channels. He did all this shit, and yeah, so uh, he gets full credit for putting on this wonderful show. And so we're yeah, we're doing nice. it for the next next. Uh, we got three more Saturdays coming up, uh, which is cool. And we did the. It was really cool because even regardless of the cars. And the fact that they honk or they, you know, flash their lights to like show that they're laughing and stuff. Um, <laughs> That's what it, I was going to ask. What, what, Cause you know, I did a zoom show and yeah. it was cool to see their, their, like whenever I would say the punchline, I'd see their face smiling in the, in the screen, yeah. which, you know, that, that kind of helps or uh, whatever, you know, but it, with a car is like honking, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't how, it's, how is that? Well, here's the thing. If you if you're able to adapt to a Zoom show, all these motherfuckers that are bitching about the Zoom shows, I'm yeah. like, motherfuckers, you made you know how much online content that's unwatchable that you've made for the last like ten years that I've been doing this shit, and now you're <laughs> about the fact that oh oh well, I don't know what to do behind it. It's like just fucking use your imagination. Tell your jokes in a different way. I don't know. Play Mister Rogers and show him your fucking bedroom. I, like just do something. <laughs> There's so many different ways to approach. You don't have to do it like a like your fucking rehearsed stand-up comedy set. And and uh, but and it's not to say like 
it was just funny to watch people kind of like you know have take this stand like it's some you know i'll put it this way like the people that behave like i'm never doing a doom show they sound no they sound just as dumb as these motherfuckers that are holding on to the confederate flag it's yeah. it's like you know why like just try it and even if yeah. you hate it it's like some of these shows tip pretty well and it's in you know and so i'm just lucky though that i had the first window into it and um and then if you do them and if you if you've done them enough and you kind of like get used to like how the laughs translate either you're going to look see them visually laughing or if like you have a few laughers that are that leave their mics on or whatever once you get used to that and that's been like you know you kind of like okay i can do this and then you get back on a stage with a microphone even if you're looking at a fucking parking lot full of cars you won't care because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just going to be right back in that. And not only that, a few people you can hear laughing, you know, from their cars and shit. And, and it's, it's, it was, uh, we all were nervous at first and then we all fell into it and we all had a great set. So I, it's, it's like, it's just that feeling of being on a stage again with a microphone and you're good. You know, that's the thing that I, I, I admire about it. Cause right now, I mean, whatever, how long this is going to be, this is something I mean, I've talked to people who are in their 60s who say that they've never experienced anything like this. So just to be able to do something like that and say, you know, this is like one of those weirdest things to be able to say that you performed on something like this. Because right now, dude, I feel like there's a lot of Jack Torrance's just brewing right now, you know? like What is Jack Torrance? I, I've, oh, God, the uh, Shining. Yeah. yeah. All fun. <laughs> There's no, you want to, one of the guys that is here's my, Johnny, my, yeah, my friend Eric Summers. Uh, he's a comic guy I roll with to a lot of shows and, yeah. and stuff like that. He's definitely, oh god, if there's <laughs> anybody who's the shiny, he's even got a daughter too, like a daughter and a wife <laughs> oh, no. Get stuck in the house with. He hates the Zoom feel. Oh, and and yeah, when he was on stage, his the first half of his set was killing us because it was really more him venting, yeah. And then he and then as he went back into his, you've seen actually Eric's done your show, yeah. He's that? a very like sweet, he's guy. the corny white dude. Corny yeah. white dad. Yeah. Oh, dude, when he goes nuts, his punchlines are like, yeah, like Mister Rogers. It, oh God, he's he's, but he's so much funnier when he's fucking angry. Oh, and, I bet. And and oh God, it was it was great. And Take he all started, his hard work away, man. Oh, dude, it was so worth it. It was it was, uh, and then it was funny because then when he went back into his familiar material, which he just. He, as he calls it, his tried and true material. I'm like, all right, now for the boring part. Like I just always, <laughs> always, I always just bust his balls about it. He did, and it was fine. He didn't. It was, it was, it still worked on the crowd. But I was telling him, I said, you, you're much better when you're, when you're kind of put emotion into it. Right. You know, and uh, like people want, people just like the day I did the Zoom show. That was one of, that's one of the first weeks. That was, I think, that was back in March. Mm -hmm. um and, and like people were tuning in i just that's the beauty of it right now is people want to watch it they want it they want it. dude i've done i mean like i said i picked up my in the meantime with me and dave on youtube again i yeah. the whole reason i started was because i was posting my old episodes for people who were stuck at home and had nothing to, to do and one of my buddies who, who was an interview subject in it uh he was like why don't you make a new one and i was like Oh, oh yeah good point yeah so uh so yeah and then i just started uh, i got iMovie on my on my laptop and so i just started uh making them and then i got really into the editing uh, uh aspect of it and started fucking with the editing tricks and stuff and so it, and uh the first step the episode 21 is all right but i think episode 22 on are uh are actually pretty are funny like some of them have some really funny moments and stuff and uh and i even got into editing enough to where i i edited like comedian friend dan myers who runs a show yeah in 
uh, uh, over at Clayton Valley Bowl. He uh, he had like a side hustle assignment he was looking for someone to do. Uh, he needed somebody who was good with editing to to edit this footage that he had of his of his nephew, his baby nephew, falling and hitting his head on the ground, and he wanted it turned into one of those hollaback videos, one of those hollaback fails. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube or whatever, and uh, and I saw it, and I educated myself on it, and I'm like, yeah, I can do this, no problem, and uh, made it for him in like less than an hour, and sent it to him, and I made fifty bucks, so that was pretty nice. So, so through this, you've been like that. I was gonna ask you through this. A lot of people have discovering little, you know, talents that they didn't know they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I've been I've been on, I've been uh, unemployed since January first, you know. So yeah. when everybody else got unemployed, it was like, okay, cool. Everybody will have time to do stuff now, you know. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so like, uh, I I know, like, I I I've been I took I took like a little I guess a little class session with a friend on how to write scripts properly because I'm trying to get into that and uh, uh-huh. I, we've been doing this show for almost a year now, right, guys? Yeah, almost a year now, and um, I, I think I just, I just edited episode forty five, so. Yeah. Yeah, we started around um, yeah, almost uh, almost a year, and um, I think this doing this because you know I mean, uh, I mean I, I've done a couple other things, but doing this has kind of kept my my head sane in a way as far as like because I meant like I missed performing live shows. You know, I, I don't get me wrong, I enjoy the Zoom stuff, but I I just miss doing. Uh, oh, hello, is he? Are uh, you still there, Dave? I think I think we lost Dave. I think he said his internet went down. I think. I would, uh, yo, Dave, can you hear us? Yeah, I was gonna. Uh, uh, Go ahead. I guess we lost him. I, I was gonna. I, I I was gonna say. You know, he was talking about YouTube, and um, he was talking about other uh, other people doing Zoom and not adapting to YouTube. Well, it kind of reminded. I was gonna ask him, and hopefully, when it comes back on, I'll be able to ask him this. Um. If he had uh, what he thought of the various late night talk show hosts attempting to adapt their show's format to YouTube, yeah, yeah. and uh, Conan has been doing that, and uh, well, all of them really, right? Right, but apparently, like like Conan, um, Jimmy Kimmel, they haven't been translating as well for whatever reason, um, you know, to YouTube. But you know who's been killing it? Someone who isn't even a, a regular uh, late night talk show host, John Krasinski, has been murdering it. Well, uh, People, actor, yeah, yeah. He he has a show. It's called like uh, I think it's something like Some News Tonight or something like that. Yeah. And difference between what he does and what Jimmy Kimmel and and Conan are doing from home is that Jimmy Kimmel and Conan are going with monologues that are obviously scripted. Yeah. But they're like shot at home and that's not what people that watch youtube are necessarily used to watching most of the time vloggers kind of sort of go more all natural off the cuff like yeah. we do on our um on our podcast and john straczynski has been noted to be more authentic more freewheeling he is his is um is is actually hugely popular his and the daily show are both sort of embracing that youtube aesthetic of not everything has to be scripted and pre-written down and sound like we're delivering it in front of a live studio audience and people are loving them for it. But so much so that NBC actually bought the rights to John Straczynski's show. Oh, wait. 
like is after a few weeks of it being broadcast during quarantine. Yeah. And then apparently they're I think it was it was either CBS or NBC, one of those two. And apparently they, they're getting someone else to host it and it's like and they're gonna make it more scripted. But I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're taking everything away from it. That exactly. It's like everything that worked, we're just gonna we're just gonna do it ourselves. We're gonna we like the name. It's all they just want the followers. (laughs) You know, that's one of what I think with like Conan and those other hosts that are doing their show at home. I think well for Conan he has a lot of inside jokes that he can use still, but a lot of those guys it's you know, they need that live audience for those those scripted claps and cheers for some of that shit to work. I think that's why it sounds corny watching it at home. I, I, I uh, Dave, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. I think I, I can't, I'm on. Well, I have it now on my silence. Are you, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here you. Can you hear me? Okay. Cause yeah, I'm on my phone too. And yeah, my internet keeps going in and out for some fucking reason, oh, but, uh, man. but I'm on my phone, so it should work. So. Yeah, no, we were just talking about like the the people that have been killing it right now. This episode is going to be called "Getting Logged Off." <laughs> mean date. <laughs> we, we were talking about like people that have been killing it during the quarantine, and we we're talking about how uh, one of the things was how like you know the the regular talk show host sounds corny online on their on their little webcam, you know, and like who's killing yeah. it right now? I know Andrew Schultz has been doing good with some of the I don't know if. You know, some of the listeners have ever seen that. Uh, who do you think is like, like killing this quarantine, man? <laughs> um, well, I mean, as far as the stuff that I've, I've been, it's funny because I haven't really been that much into a lot of entertainment lately. So it's not like anything was really <laughs> missing once I got it. But I've been enjoying if, uh, is, is, if I don't know if any of you watch, uh, there's a guy on YouTube. He's been around for a while. He used to be a DJ at, uh, at Hot 97 or whatever. The Star Report. Uh, it's this dude, Star. And uh, my buddy put me on to him like a few years ago, and he's this—he's this really funny dude that has—he uh, puts on uh, episodes on YouTube. Um, he, uh, he has call-ins and stuff because he live streams, and then it's—it's it's recorded and he plays it later. Um, but it's—it's it's really funny, and he deals with a lot of different topics and all that kind of shit. So he's—he's he's been really enjoyable to watch during the quarantine. And then I got into a podcast called The Rewatchable. Mm, um okay. uh, with with uh that's with uh what's his name bill i forget his last name but uh it's a bunch of guys they watch movies that are rewatchable and they talk about them so so yeah those are like the two things i've been mainly getting into during the quarantine have you been watching stand-up like any of those specials that have been coming out since uh not any, uh, anything except uh mark normand uh his special oh, on youtube which is hilarious and i'm fucking shocked no one no one bought it i'm, just, I'm like the he the fact that like he's every bit as good, if not better, than most of the shit on Netflix and yeah. and anything else, and I'm like, how this dude doesn't have a deal with it is beyond me. But he, but he, yeah, it's gotten like millions of views on YouTube. And then Sam Mariel, I know, did the same thing. Even though like his, he has a Comedy Central logo on his, but he did the same thing and put his special on YouTube. I'm not a big fan of him, but it's you know he was he wasn't bad, so. But did you see? Did you see the Louis C.K. special? No, I, I don't really. I've never been a Louis C.K. fan except for like I like Pootie Tang, which he yeah. hates, and like <laughs> uh, uh, I, I I know he wrote for a lot of things that I enjoyed um, writing wise, but um, but I was when he got into stand up, he was never somebody that I really. I like my friend. Uh, I had a, there was a guy who used to do comedy, Frankie Castro. 
I always liked what he said about him because I felt the same way. He said, I've never thought of him as a stand-up comic. I've always thought of him as a director who also does stand-up. Right. And, and then he just blew up in popularity, and I could never figure out. Because I watch him, and I like I get why people like it, but it's so crude. Yeah. And so, so like, it's funny that what he got in trouble for because everybody's like, you know, it, 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 I'm just like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Listen to his jokes for <laughs> yeah. fuck's sake. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, his jokes are pretty fucking indicative of like, yeah, he knows he's a horrible person and that's right. part of the joke. And if you put him on a pedestal, you're only going to want to tear him down for probably some shitty behavior that, and it, it's, you know, it's just one of those things. And, uh, uh you know, it's because like, it, and I like, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't want to negate any of the, you know, the severity of what he did, but right, there's yeah. definitely worse. There's I mean, with, you know, you got Bill Cosby who definitely did worse. You got so many others who have done, and, and it's not to say like what he did was, wasn't bad. It's just like, you know, I, I do, Chappelle has a lot of good points in his jokes that are not meant to incite as much as just like, what, how much really is this that bad you know it's like if, if you if they say that the that he derailed people's dreams i agree with them it's like it's a brittle spirit that really lets yeah. somebody jacking off ruin your dream like how you know it's i don't know and so whatever it, it's well um yeah I, I i see what you're saying and that that's another guy that got a lot of flack for for his uh I, you know i'm be honest i haven't really watched the latest special oh of Chappelle's. Uh, yeah. Oh, what are I, you I, doing? You're talking about Louie and you haven't seen Sticks and Stones? Fuck. No, man. well, you know, I I've seen I've seen a little bit of it. Uh, I've seen Paper Tiger cuz I cuz the thing is, I heard about it from the, you know, comics talking about how uh problematic. Like, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> that fucking word. And yeah. yeah, that was the Chappelle thing came out. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's so it's so outrageous. It's so controversial. Everyone's getting all offended." And then I watch it, and I'm like, it's the same stuff he, he's he been ba- doing for 20 years. What are you guys Italian talking about? targets on purpose, and it's called Sticks and Stones. And, exactly. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's Chappelle. <laughs> that's the point. He, he basically was like, look, I'm going to do every single subject that is that you're not supposed to do in this special, and it's still going to be funny. And, I mean, he's point blank proving yeah. George Carlin's assertion that you can make anything funny, but it just it requires – uh, a, a talent and and work you know and, and not many people really have that so yeah i never asked i never asked you what it is i don't i don't get this uh, i don't get this outrage culture where people are so easily offended because i mean i grew up with like howard stern and jerry springer and mm-hmm. jackass and tom green and beavis and, and south park and all this stuff so when i see people getting offended over every little thing i'm like how young are you? What is going on here? But but what I'll also say is even then there were, there were. No, like exactly. movements yeah. of it's concerned true. parents pushing back against that. I mean, you got to see it, but I grew up in the Bible Belt where totally. all that stuff yeah. was frowned upon and considered inappropriate. I mean, maybe it's it's more out there now because the internet and people are voicing it more publicly than ever, but dude, we before that, like Dungeons and Dra- a nerdy game like Dungeons and Dragons, there was a huge movement to shut that down because it's like, oh no, people are practicing Satanism with it, it and there, so nothing has really changed. There's always there's been, been this there's been a change. Cool for censorship. It's just 
you know, those of us that grew in household, grew up in households where like maybe our parents were cool with us doing whatever, didn't, you know, we didn't no, notice. The, sh- but the shift came in. Me, ter- it, it, it's the, out there, the shift has been know? from who is it's doing always the complaint. Out there. And because yeah. it, at that time, yeah, what you just said that in the more conservative areas, they were the ones that wanted to shut down these these seemingly offensive, you know, the married with childrens, the the South Parks. They were the ones that were like the stuff, you know, the language and the content, and the, you know, the, yeah, even the going to music, the PMRC. When I mean, even though that was like, you know, that was Tipper Gore's a Democrat's wife, but all of, even though that was still more of a conservative mindset that was going after all of those those artists, and uh, and then now today, what you have is a complete paradigm shift where the 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 outrage is coming from uh, is coming on behalf of it, it. You know, I hate using the word liberal, but it definitely comes from a place of of out, liberal outrage towards uh, you know every from everything from the punching down arguments to it, it's like we can't we we we're, we're no longer allowed to make jokes that uh, that use uh, a marginalized people as the punchline and and so and that's that's what ultimately has been from the from the transgender aspects to to you know people even people of color and and the thing of of what i hate even saying that the fact that that's the normal term now people of color jesus christ um and so my point being though is that the what Chappelle essentially did because his point was stated earlier on is that that uh he's a black man in america and that that with all of the stuff that kind of came about with, uh, was it the Caitlyn Jenner on the front of the, of the news articles and all seeing this sweeping, uh, embrace by the media and, and trying to be imposed on the culture of, 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 of what a white man wanted to do. Uh, and then that, that being completely embraced versus being a black man still in America that, that is still, you know, obviously clearly as we've experienced the last couple of weeks, is is yeah. it, you know black man black who's black is you know a target um that we haven't fully addressed those those issues before really jump like and he said it reeks of privilege and i completely agree with that um and so it's it, you know not to negate any of what they are saying but it has we have kind of turned into this like what about me what about me what about me kind of culture and i think that's that's what it's more indicative of is is uh and, and what's funny is the outrage you think it's because people are hypersensitive and it's not that's not true at all because sensitive people who are truly sensitive are intelligent and are able to interpret the information and understand where where jokes even if they're offended by a joke they can still understand that this is a joke and and i it's not going to hurt me it's more it's it's more indicative of just this knee-jerk reaction of like i hear these words i hear these subject matters they must be talking shit look at all the backlash to uh right now currently as if as if it's news uh robert downey jr's performance in tropic thunder which was which was a complete satirizing of the entire the entire hollywood culture of blackface and 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 that was the point of it there's a character in the movie who keeps pointing it out to him and and yet you have people now that are like just discovering it and tweeting about it as if it's 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 something to, that is that needs to be brought up and it's like no this was a movie that was making fun of that very notion and and which just again indicates it's not these people aren't sensitive they're 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 really just they're looking for something to call attention to themselves 
Do you think that's just a, de- a generation thing, or do you think it's made like? Because it's 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 both like you know people always put blame on millennials or gen- Generation Z, but you know the, some of the people complaining are 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 you know Gen Xers. Yeah, you know? like it's not it's not all. What do you think it is? It's technology. Like, I think it's technology yeah. and everybody being with it. Because um, uh, I mean it, it's I, I don't blame the, young, the younger generation really. I I. I, I you know, for all of the things that everybody likes to blame millennials on, um, there's a reason why a lot of this stuff is happening right now. And I would definitely give a lot of millennials credit for for being um, a generation that really is using a lot of. Uh, I mean, it is call out culture to some ex- extent, which I'm not very, a big fan of, but yeah. it is it is bringing you know it, it's making some noise that's getting people motivated to. It's equal energy that's then kind of energizing people my age and older streets and constantly protest and 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 make some things change and things are things are being done. What the thing about it is like we'll see how this sustains. But um, but I, I I give young people a lot of credit for all of that because uh, if I I think if if it wasn't if that wasn't happening I don't know how much outrage really. You know, because people get tired. I'm 43, man. I don't, I, you know, I barely no have way. The, Yeah, I barely have the energy to, to just do anything, man. I, I mean, it's not like, you know, I don't feel so old, but I definitely feel like, you know, like a lot of the things I used to, I you know, I love playing in bands. I love doing all this other stuff. Now, I just like, you know, that's why this shelter in place thing is fucking great. I love staying home. <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love you know, not having to do much. And, um, yeah, just right up you my know, alley. You I was always... I was meant to ask you, or I never, I don't think I've ever asked you, uh, what, why, like, cause I, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing what we do. I mean, you do it more, yeah, you're actually doing it full time, stand up comedy. What made you want to decide to be a, a comic? Uh, it was, it was really more of a decision. It was a, it was a, a stupid notion that, uh, I had a band <laughs> called Bad Touch that was a, a uh-huh. that had a comedic thread through it. Like, there was, when we started it, I said, this, this is, I've loved stand-up comedy since I was a kid, but I never wanted to be one. I, I always thought, Same here. I always thought comedians were kind of, were definitely like, like blues men where they were, they were hard living people that lived lonely lives and, and wrote jokes around it. And, and they, they die from either they die sad old deaths or they die early from drug overdoses or whatever the fuck else. And, um, so it was never attractive. And then, um, but I always was inspired by, like, even in my music, uh, comedy inspired it. And then um, I got, when I started this band that uh, I had a notion of, like, having a kind of a Don Rickles attitude towards uh, towards the audience with this band, uh, it started this process of, came up with the name, the, the, the alter ego of Mean Dave. My drummer was Crazy Eric. And we did this uh, routine that was, like, it was definitely improvised and, and it worked and we watched music audiences laugh in between songs and and we kept that going and then um the band was kind of growing stagnant and then i thought maybe if i do stand-up comedy it'll help promote the band which was as i call it it was the transition it was the first step in the transition into comedy the way happy gilmore uh did that long drive contest and uh and and found out he was a golfer like it, he, was, yeah. he, he thought he was a hockey player his entire <laughs> life. I thought I was a musician my entire life. And then as I got into it and started to see that, like, maybe I have my skill set is better suited for this. And maybe there's a better future as far as looking at it like a job. Um, 
and it, but that 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 didn't come easy by any means. Um, I also the only reason why I got into it was because I thought all my favorite comedians were old men, and and so I was like, you know what? If if maybe this is the job, if I start now, by the time I'm like you know uh, sixty five, and, and and if I'm still if I'm not dead, uh, I'll have a, a I'll have an ability to make a living uh, doing a shitty doing this, making just bare minimum money. Uh, when I can't lift, you know, 50 pounds or something and do just a regular day-to-day job. So this is really just an investment in my retirement of developing nice. a, a persona that, because I, I kind of think I, I've always been an old man since I was a kid. And I, th- I always feel like I'm just growing into myself. Like I'm just, I'm, you, you, you have that old man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I walk fierce. like one. Everybody see, I walk like an old man since I was a kid. I've always had bad knees and, and I've, I've been born <laughs> wishing I was oh, never here. So it's like, that's that's just my attitude and and um you know and then i've you know i've lived my i've lived a lot of my 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 young bullshit and now it's just more like yeah i just feel like life is just killing time till death but i have a good attitude about it you know right so you know that's that's funny because whenever i perform with you before the show starting you have this like god i wish i was home face <laughs> not that that's not you know what's funny is it's not that i i wish i was, no it's i can't i want to say like i I like watching you, you. It's funny. I, I made my friend told me something a while ago and he said, cause I used to wonder why people would get really defensive with me that I didn't know. Like people would, people would get mad at me without even knowing me like on the street or whatever. And my friend said something yeah. that was, that I'll always remember. He goes, well, Dave, um, I don't know if anybody's told you this, but whenever you look at them, you look at them like they're a fucking idiot. And I, I was like, <laughs> I said, okay, point taken. Like I, I can, I can see that. And, yeah. um, and, and yeah, so it's like, you know, it's, it, it's lessened in my recovery cause I, my attitude's different now and, and right. I've definitely been a lot more approachable. I can tell because everybody asks me for fucking directions. Um, every, everybody, <laughs> you know, it's true. Like I, I get the strangest people like, and I, when I say strange, I mean the most normal looking motherfuckers that are walking around or they're lost. They'll pull over. I'll be walking on the street. Some old white dude will pull over and be like, excuse me, do you, do you know which way is uh, Thornton or, you know, and I'm like, what about me? Just screams like, Oh yeah, this, this heavy metal looking motherfucker on the side of the road. He knows where he's going. And, uh, you know, it's like my, you know, I don't uh, Google. These are my roads. Yeah. Google maps. Fuck that. No, this, this dude on the road knows what's up, you know, and it's just something about it. Um, but yeah, I get that shit all the time. And which just tells me it's like, I don't know. It's, it's nice to feel, feel like, you know, people aren't, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I used to intimidate people. I still do from time to time, but for the most part, it's, it, I have to remind myself it's better to be an approachable person than to be an asshole. Nobody wants to talk to. Yeah. Hey, I, I gotta ask you when you were younger because you know I, I i it's funny man i i i've known you for for a long time mostly you know obviously mostly on facebook and comment mm-hmm. but i never really asked you were you like uh because the way you are you know because i know how you are mm-hmm. you, you, were you like a class clown when you were a kid not at all no yeah i was quite i think i've noticed about people who are comics i i, I still were you funny i still don't think i'm funny i'm i was a uh <laughs> i was a quiet kid who definitely had dreams of a school shooter, but, um, like, I, it's, I, I'm serious. Cause I aspiration. Yeah, no, it's more just, no, you daydream. That's why I'm like, I still, whenever there's school shooters, I'm like, I get it. <laughs> like it, it's just, I never acted out on it. Like that's, I'm just like, I'm not going to go get a gun. I'm not going to, you know, there's consequences. I don't want to go to prison because yeah. then I'm going to go be, fuck, I, I don't, if I'm in juvenile hall, there's going to be fucking ass rapers there. I, I don't need that shit. And, 
but it's nice to daydream. And, um, and, and I definitely was like, you know, cause I was a small kid. I get picked on a lot, but then my attitude and I would, I would, you know, I admired psychos. I was, I looked up to, you know, I would study serial killers, just not, not because I thought they were so interesting, but because I noticed that like their behavior, I, I would just imitate a sociopath to keep people from, to leave me alone. And I, I definitely <laughs> have some sociopathic behavior in myself, but, um, but I, I, I also knew that I'm somebody, I have feelings. I, have, I come from good parents who fucked me up as a kid, but made up for it a lot uh, in my, as an adult and in my teenage years. They, they definitely, uh, you know, they just, they just had a, 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 a loud, rowdy divorce. And, um, and, but they, they all were all, uh, all my parents, I have four parents, uh, two, two uh, uh, like mom and dad and a stepmom and stepdad. And they all were like putting their lives together as I was becoming a teenager and whatnot. And I have great relationships with all of them today after a lot of ups and downs. And, um, and, and, and yeah. And then, and then, you know, I, I just nursed a real bad drug and alcohol problem through my, I lived my teenage years, my rebellious teenage years in my twenties and early thirties. And, uh, and so I got that out of my system. And then I worked in video game testing for like 14 years, which, it was a cool job at first, and but then if it, it, once you once you start working in in video games and you see how they're made, you realize that they have like a built-in obsolescence to them, and they cease to become challenging, and and you don't enjoy them as much. And so I lost interest in video games and was still working in that line of work for like another six years, and I I hated my life. And um, so the one thing that's great about finding stand-up comedy was that it was. It's a creative outlet that I can, I can, it's a challenge to express your ideas honestly, but it should be because it's not some forum to just spout off your, your, you know, your, your brain with no filter and then say, it's comedy. I can say what I want. That's stupid. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's <laughs> in this, in the same sense though, if you were to say what you just said about you know about the school shooters like i get it yeah if you would oh, yeah. if you wouldn't have said that in a funny way then it'd be like uh, no it, it, all right guys there's been a voice no, party we gotta go no the, <laughs> you, know? No, the you want to know what we, no this is what stand-up comedians <laughs> or the aspiring ones the wannabes the open micers what they do is they go up on the day of a school shooting yeah. and start yeah. talking about it with no punchline with no real thought behind it with no insight especially and and think that that's okay and it's like no it's it what i was just expressing was an honest thought from when i was a kid yeah and, yeah. and but yeah in the context of today you see it all through that that's you know that's that's uh, that's why my, my nickname you know it's like mean dave is just it's just a nickname it's short for meaningful david what i say if it if it does sound mean it's not without a sense of of thought and purpose and heart i would say like and those the the hardest jokes that I have that definitely are the most insensitive um, are are definitely were not did not come from a place of oh let me just let me just people off that's not the point there definitely was a point and what what sucks is that um, a lot of my best jokes I love it when a smart audience gets what I'm doing um, yeah. but then also there's there's a risk to that Chappelle experience this was Chappelle show. The flip side to that is that you, if if you're doing risky jokes that that some deem, some will deem you an edge lord in doing that. The risk of if you're if you're doing them from an honest point of view is that you will cultivate uh, an a, a portion of the audience that thinks that it's cool to talk about 
uh, troublesome subjects and think that's the point, and that's not the fucking point. It's like you're 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 kind of it's it's one of those things when like guys look at Bill Burr and some of the shit he does and think it's okay to then spout off about the problematic topics that he's willing to do. The thing saying it's like these guys juggle fire. All right. When you yeah. see somebody who's juggled fire or chainsaws and you get an urge to juggle, do you start with juggling fire or chainsaws? No. You learn how to fucking juggle first, you moron. And 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 funny that you bring up Louis C.K. <laughs> because I have a joke around this very topic uh, about Louis C.K. and Doug Stanhope. These were guys who who wrote jokes that, albeit I could see them being funny, but they wrote jokes around saying the N word on stage and uh, and would talk about how, you know, and they they have an audience. They have people, you know, a variety, you know, mostly white, but their audience does has have they have a mixed following in many respects. And they were able to make the jokes both they were they were totally wrong but funny, and that was part of what made it funny was that it was wrong. And um, but then it it inspired a whole generation of these dumb young mostly white motherfuckers who get on stage at the open mics and think that's what they that they can now do that. And I'd I'd be like, no, that's not what you fucking do, moron. And uh, yeah. and and so and and I wrote a whole joke around that. They started with the premise, um, and then it went into this. And the punchline was written at Dorsey's locker um, by the audience there when I was talking about um, just this very topic. And and it's so that's the thing. It's like I you know I, I do feel a sense of responsibility with the jokes that I write. That if they are touching upon uh, certain subject matter. I gotta, I gotta be careful of where I say them and to what audience. Like, I have to have an audience's trust, uh, I, or I have to feel damn confident that I can pull it off, um, uh, regardless of what the subject matter is. And uh, and for the most part, they work. So, you know, that's yeah, that, that's the thing I've noticed with because uh, sometimes these new comics, these guys that just, you know, I mean, I I still feel like a new comic, mm-hmm. even though I, I did my first show back in 2012. Yeah. You know, but I remember back when I started. I, I was just, yeah, I had that mentality. Let me just get raunchy or whatever, yeah. you know. And, yeah, just, and, yeah. and I had an older comic who kind of checked me on that and said, you know, and I don't even think Sergio Barajas, you, you know Sergio Barajas, right? Uh, uh, yeah, I know Barajas. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. He kind of pulled me to the side and he said, you know, you just focus on, on, on staying true to yourself and be funny. Yeah. If you can be funny without that. You're gonna be okay. You're trying to be shocking. Oh, You're trying to get the audience's yes. attention. I, and at that time, I was because I I I saw that it worked on one stage, but you know, he said that's not gonna always work, and you got to be able to work all rooms, not just you know. It's, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, that's kind of the gist that he told me, and and I see it now that I've been. I mean, I'm not in it like you are, you know, but I've I've been in it for for a while now, and I see that these guys that start off, and then they it maybe works at a room. Mm-hmm. And then they they just want to go and like you know I've had I've had like these guys I've been doing stand up for six months man I've been killing it let me come on your podcast like Jesus Christ yeah <laughs> it's know? like well, I can, look at I all can. these memes I've made I'm sure you get a lot of that yeah it's <laughs> it, like it's funny because uh, for the most part I think uh, the the cool thing about having the stupid stage name is is a lot of people steer clear of me when they're unsure of themselves um, and, and so you, <laughs> I, I don't get. But there are, yeah, there's definitely, I always like to call it the, the short yellow bus of comedy. Um, yeah. You'll get, you'll get the, the people that are kind of a, a lap behind and, uh, you know, throughout it. And the, I mean, I've seen people with also several years make these same rookie mistakes. 
and and also i'm i'm no you know i've made my own mistakes and stuff and have to remind myself of um you know just just kind of to to how to be in touch i i did a show not too long ago um where i there was a woman in the front and the audience they were all, the audience was digging my set but this one woman she just looked like my 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 thought about it was like if there was a car door between me and her she would lock it and roll the window up um <laughs> just the way that she was her her body language was towards me and i pointed it out and and she gave me the she gave me the nicest meanest heckle i've ever gotten where she said i just don't think you're very good and you need to get better and I, and the audience was so taken aback more than I was. I was shocked. I was just like, "Hey, I got to give you props because I agree." <laughs> and I, I, did, I just, I look at you and I'm like, "You came for the show when the punchline's that way." I'm like you know, and uh, and, and, it's like, and I'm also a host at the punchline, so you know, I'm just saying. And and it was funny. One, it was just one of those things where I, I kind of was like, I play devil's advocate to that because you know, I don't, I don't. I by no means I'm I'm not I don't look at like oh I've been doing stand up ten years because no I look at it just from the same perspective as all the all the shallow assholes where it's like you've been doing ten years and and this is where you're at I look at it like yeah but I if you knew me and you know what I'm I do I, this is I've reached my goal of what I want to do with this and keep going even though it's it's been ten years and and knowing what my goals were in it and why I do this I know who I am and why I do this. I dare yeah. any of these motherfuckers who are even getting like scraps of TV appearances and all that. They don't even know what they want to do with this shit. And I've already seen people that were like the, the people that everybody puts on a pedestal. I've seen some already get deflated and, and, you know, who've had a little taste of something, but then didn't have anything to follow it up with. And, and, uh, people holding on to this one credit from like six years ago and, and, um, and it, it's just, it's not, a, I look at it like I would rather be anonymous and able to make my own way through reputation and, and, and content with my life than looking at, than, tr than always, always, even if people are looking up to you, always being uh, unsure and, and feeling empty, like nothing's ever working out. So, right. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I share the same sentiment because I, I remember, you know, Juan Medina. He oh, God. Yeah, once. I know. I know him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? Oh, I, I love one. I love one. He's, he's oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he posted this. You know how goofy he is. He posted this thing. Goofy. He said something about. <laughs> he said something about. Uh, he's angry uh, more than like, goofy. What's your goal with? What's your goal with stand up or something? Yeah. He asked every comic, and I, I remember it was. There's some like newer comics commenting some, you know, a Netflix special. I, I remember just thinking, I just like, I just, I'm just happy that I'm involved. <laughs> you know, that's like, and that's a, that's a weirdest. That's a great attitude to have because it's the healthiest yeah. attitude. With my buddy Mike, uh, Mike Bucci, who put on the show, that's exactly what, why you know his his, I you, know, you there's a reason why we stay friends, JD, and that's just because we're you know we're people and and our creative aspects are just an extension of us. I'm just fortunate yeah. enough that I figured out a do-it-yourself hustle with it. Um, it's by no means guaranteed. Um, and the great thing about this this uh, coronavirus shelter in place, it's been a great equalizer. It shut down everybody from the from the yeah. top of the to the bottom of the line open micer, and, and everybody was equally bummed. And there's if there's one thing I love is watching everybody be put on the same playing field. Uh, so I, I've, I've been enjoying more watching all of these sad. Mm -hmm 
fucking people just oh, I miss stand up. I'm like, I'm fucking loving this. I'm like, Cartman, I'll yeah. drink your fucking tears, man. I, this is so I'll do Zoom shows until the end. If it means never, never seeing you ever achieve your dream in the way that you think. And it's not like because I don't want people's dreams to come true. I just think right. I just think some of these people are some of these people were really cool people when I met them when they first were starting and they turned into really shitty people as they've yeah. gained some small sense of social acceptance in the comedy realm. And I hate that. I, I, I definitely prefer people that stay themselves. And I, a lot, all the best headliners that I've gotten to work with have all been totally fucking cool people. And that's, that's yeah. something that I think speaks to the level of character of the full-time working comic um, that, you know, the guys, Eddie Pepitone, Tom Rhodes, uh, uh, who else? Judy Tenuta, Jake, big Jay mm. Okerson, um, yeah. just these guys were just regular people that, yeah, they just happened to be stand-up comedians that, that made, made it work. And they don't think of themselves as, as some, like they're, they're making it and there's, they're stars and whatever. No, this is just what they do. They, what they do. And, and, you know, one of my favorite to bullshit with was Brett Ernst. Uh, you know, he was in a movie, the, the wild, wild, uh, was it the, the wild, wild comedy tour show whatever vince vaughn's wild wild comedy thick thing or whatever wild wild west comedy or some shit and uh yeah. it was back in the 2000s and then he uh he became a you know a national headliner in clubs and stuff like that but he's not like by any means a household name but he is a maniac he works a lot with carlos rodriguez out of sacramento oh, and yeah, okay, uh, okay. and i got to i got to host for him and i love this dude he he is a fucking maniac he's a jersey bro but he's he's also he's very smart and uh but you you know most people would write him off as like oh he's some jersey fucking bro guy or whatever it's like no nah, I, I i love a guy with, with who reminds me of like the northeast so i who loves to hold court and he's funny and uh so i i just sat there and listened half the time and i think half the time he also was like you know hey what, what, what the fuck why do you call you mean dave you just sit here all quiet and like because I love listening to somebody who's kind of mean. Like I, I love, I love listening <laughs> to real mean people. And, and it's not that he's mean; he's honest and he's blunt. Yeah. And he does, and he yeah. doesn't pull punches. And and I love that about him. And he was, and he was a really cool dude. He's a regular guy. So yeah. What, what, what like yeah? I think you, you talked a little bit. I just I, as far as comedy influences, you you mentioned Don Rickles earlier. Like who's one of those comics that you watched? you were like man i would love to do that one day. well rickles rickles wasn't so much an idol rickles was <laughs> rickles that came up no i just said you mentioned oh him. no yeah, i mentioned him because sure. he i read the rickles book which i actually got from my dad and i borrowed it <laughs> off of him and i love the rickles yeah. book and rickles was the inspiration behind triumph the insult comic dog which was my real like love i love that character that robert smigel yeah. made it's so fucking funny and um and then and as far as stand-ups the ones that you know, when I was a kid, I actually memorized the specials by Bill Cosby himself. I remember had that memorized. I had Bobcat Goldthwait's Is He Like That All the Time memorized. It was an HBO special. And I had Dennis Miller's Black and White memorized uh, his special. And those are not comics that, I mean, Bill Cosby definitely with his popularity at the time. But for a kid, like even Bill Cosby wasn't like appealing to kids. Eddie Murphy, everybody yeah. loved Eddie Murphy. I like Bill Cosby. There was something to his stories that I loved. And, uh, and those three were not usual for a kid. And then as I got older, I, I joked that, uh, I got out of, I, I kind of, you know, wrestling and stand up comedy were like two things I lost interest in as I got in, as I became a teenager. 
but then like uh chris rock hit it big with um with his uh the first special that he did. The one with the leather? Uh, no, no. Leather well, he was wearing a leather suit, but it, it wasn't bigger and blacker. It was the one before that. Okay. It was a bring, bring the pain. Bring the pain. So he did bring the pain. And that was because we also, I remember Chris Rock as being the guy that was like, oh, he was kind of funny on Saturday Night Live, but not really. It's like he had a funny presence, yeah. but he never quite hit. And then uh, yeah. and then CB4, I remember, uh, came out around that time. And that was funnier. But um, but when when Bring the Pain came out, he w- that was fucking hilarious. So Bring the Pain like kind of made me pay attention to stand up more. And then Dave Chappelle hit us with Killing Him Softly, Killing and softly. that was the first time I memorized a special since I was a kid. And uh, and that inspired a lot. And then next thing you know, Chappelle Show was around the corner a couple years later. We all like Chappelle Show was funny and was enjoyable first season, but then it blew up and became everybody's after the Rick James sketch. And that's yeah. what made it a cultural phenomenon. I almost feel like that ruined Chappelle's show because it was kind of like this thing that was like, it was hilarious, but not everybody knew about it. Not everybody was like people who watched South Park and stuck with it after South Park. They were into it, but it was kind of this, this cool thing. And then and just like anything that's good, as soon as one thing turns it into like, Oh, now everybody's watching it. Now you got morons watching it and they're going to fucking ruin it by, you know, next thing you know, you got, you got white people saying the N word, like it's cool. And it's like, no, you're not supposed to be saying that shit. It's, you know, and, uh, and you got people you missed the point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's that. And that's my, that's again, goes back to the point of like the day, what he, what Chappelle was realizing in that third season was that he was making jokes that were definitely intelligent satire regarding the subjects of race but the the, the the weird thing and i'm sure prior reached this too is that it also was funny to racists who yeah. th- who didn't get the point who just thought it was like like just looking at it and and that's the danger of doing doing some comedy that's like it is that is so smart that that then stupid people will see the wrong shit in it so so those are so those are like your 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 I guess you you answered it in a better way because you mentioned special yeah those those Cause yeah I, I, yeah I had a weird I had a I mean growing up you know I I watched uh I watched Contiflas with my dad I don't know I I saw the movie about him <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I haven't seen that movie yet it's pretty good I, I grew up watching yeah no I've I've heard I I grew up watching uh that and and I I remember telling. Uh, jokes to to my parents and I didn't really get into stand up like uh, you know I, American mm-hmm. stand up comedy until I was a little older. I remember the one of the first specials that I did watch was uh, was uh, Chris Rock the uh, uh, bigger and bigger blacker. and blacker yeah. And um, I remember thinking like man I I don't know if like I don't know if I could do that you know like it just, it just seemed so because I used to tell one liners when I was a mm-hmm. kid that was like my thing I used to tell one liners and. In Spanish, you know, yeah. but when I saw him and he just went on and it was, and it was just like, oh, damn, like this is uh, that's intense. I'm like, I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't that that I don't think I could do, you know, but it's uh, just one liners in talking about real subjects. I mean, you're just you're, yeah, you're talking about real yeah. subjects and you throw the one liners in there. <laughs> and, and, you know, as I as I got older, once I, I didn't want to I didn't want I, I wasn't planning on getting involved with stand up. I actually one of the first shows that I went to. Was uh, I went to see Gaspar? Oh, Gaspar Bernal! <laughs> oh time. shit, he's one liner, yeah. dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it just I seen because uh, of course I've seen celebrity comics doing or you know like Fluffy at one of my first actual comedy shows, mm-hmm. but uh, seeing local guys performing and it just kind of blew my mind. 
And then once I got into stand up, then I, I, I kind of discovered this whole like, you know, I, a couple of people introduced me to Carlin, uh, of course, Chappelle, mm -hmm. uh, Bill Hicks. Yeah. Uh, and, and, it, and it blew my mind away, man. Um, for you, like th those those specials that you mentioned, like I have a few specials that I'll, I'll every once in a while. Because I'm sure you've had this before where you kind of uh, I mean, actually, I don't know if you've had this before where you 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 do you after you perform or whatever and you have a, a bit of a writer's block or where not even a writer's block where you just can't even be funny in everyday life. Oh, I've, I always it feel that you no know, doing ever since I got into stand up and actually started working at it and saw it working. I it completely has devalued any humor I have in my day to day life. And I, you know, that's. That's probably the one thing that, like, I, I I was definitely a funnier person as a person prior to doing stand up. Um, I'm happy to hear you yeah. say that because that that makes me feel. Normal. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> I think it's saying? completely normal because it's just like anything else. If you know, like, uh, you know, if a, I imagine um, if you take like you know a boxer or a fighter um, and you put them out in the day to day world, I mean, it's like they they may have been somebody who enjoyed a street fight. But but then, uh, you know, one of the things that you'll notice about the temperament of people who actually work in fighting and all that, they tend to be pretty yeah. calm people. They're not people that Super mellow. that are that, yeah. that are looking for a fight. And if anything, they're doing everything to avoid a fight because they also know the danger of uh, not only just their own skills, but like the, the legal ramifications of it. It's they have more thought into it. And so that's why when I look at, at doing stand up, it's like that's why it always gets me when somebody there are people who are naturally hilarious as people. And stand-up is definitely the refined version of them, and they're maniacs off stage. I've ran into, you know, there's uh, Kabir Singh is somebody locally who I put in that category. Um, there's Josh Blue when I got to host for him. He's he is a uh, just a lovable maniac, but he is a fucking maniac. This dude, he 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 carries a knife with him around that is so goddamn funny because it's like he. I don't know if you know who Josh Blue is, but he's a he, he's a comedian with cerebral palsy who. Um, Oh, I think yeah. I and he, he yeah. was on like last comic stand. I think he won it the year that he was on it. And, um, yeah. so I go to host for him and, and, and I, I walk up to the punchline and he's, he's out front. So I'm introducing myself to him and he's like, Oh, nice to meet you, dude. And, and, uh, and there were these guys, there were these people playing, they were sparring. Um, they were like kind of doing dueling with, uh, they were dressed up as Jedi and they had like some fake lightsabers. And so they were, they were jousting and doing the, the lightsaber fucking playing around with it. And it caught Josh's mm -hmm. attention and he's looking, he goes, what the fuck are these people doing? And he reaches into his little shady bag he carries with him. And he pulls out the shadiest fucking knife I've ever seen. <laughs> and, like right out there in front, in, in front of his two friends, too, that were talking to him, these two, two women. And, they, and I started dying laughing. And they started laughing because they also, they knew him. And they knew that this is kind of one of the things. He, he carries this knife around with them to kind of like, it's, it's, it's both a joke but it's also like to kind of keep people at uh, kind of detest people because he is a dude with cerebral palsy who def who deals yeah. with able-bodied people who are trying to take advantage of him all the time, and so it's nice right. to kind of kind of scare him into you know it, it's it's a good scare, and, uh, yeah. and I fucking loved it. I started dying, and I even <laughs> took a picture of him with uh, with me. We took a picture together that I have with him brandishing the knife, and it's so fucking awesome. So yeah, <laughs> no, it, that's that's uh, um. I, I know a couple of guys that if it wasn't for stand-up, they'd be maniacs and they get to be maniacs a little bit on stage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Mario came to, he's done the show before and he talked about that. Like, you know, of course um, he, he's very open about his, uh, his addictions mm -hmm. and, 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 
and his recovery. And, and that's that's one of those guys where he's 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 such a uh, sweet guy. Yeah. But there, you know, you could tell if it wasn't for stand up, like, man, <laughs> watch out. You know. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, he. Well, I mean, he got. I think he. Yeah, because he found stand up and he got in recovery just as he was like mm-hmm. starting to do it or something. I forget the exact thing because he he actually. Uh, I, I, we, pro, we, um, I mean, I had him speak at one of the meetings that I, I secretary and stuff. So, and oh, perform. Okay. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, yeah, like I, 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 I mean, I was one of the, when I first started, one of the, one of the things that, uh, another comic told me was, uh, you know, of course we have a camaraderie with, with comics amongst each other. But don't be, get too comfortable because a lot of comics, you know, they they may be funny as hell. They have a lot of demons, and and you know, sometimes it just just to be cautious. Have you you, you experienced? No, that? most definitely. I mean, mostly as far as like you know, it's the I, I you know, it's not so much that I got to keep my guard on amongst comics. Right, right. It was it's much as yeah. um, just knowing I, I've it I've been fortunate that um, when I got in recovery. I apply a lot of it to my, my comedy life in that, um, you know, if you want, if you're going to do this, just like any other profession, um, you, you, you surround, you get with people that you, that you definitely like, that you bond with, that you're, you know, you, you find a foundation of your friends, really find your friends and work. When you, when you work at a job, you make friends with some of your coworkers. Um, definitely. and, and you, you, those are people that hopefully, are your peers. Hopefully they also work at it like you do and all that stuff, because you'll find very quickly, which I did also as well when I got into it and I was still drinking and and I was partying with other comics. There's comics that definitely, it's just like, you know, when you're going, I always say doing standup is like going back to junior high as an adult and, and there's choices. (laughs) And if you make the, if you make choices and you surround yourself with people that are doing shit that isn't exactly working towards standup comedy, uh, you'll probably not see those people last very long. So if you are, if they if you're you know partying with comics and think that's what comedy is all about if you're doing you know it's the, if you're doing things that spend more time doing what you're not supposed to be doing off stage and the things that you're you're trying to focus on and making sure that doing the right doing doing your best work on stage you're probably going to find yourself dissatisfied and and wondering why everybody else is is doing this that or the other and why you're left out um you know, yeah was it in a way, but not really the strange thing about music is that you can get uh, you can be an awful musician and a place for you with bad behavior and have it be uh, accepted. Like what's what's strange now in the in a lot of the 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 kind of in the age of me too, it's affected the DIY music scene as well. And so I've watched, it's mm. funny when we, we have our history with, uh, Burt Rahman, there's a lot of, of people that are, cause there was, there were a lot of dudes that were trying to hook up with underage girls there. And, and as well as, you know, I'm sure vice, you know, I don't know exactly what the, there were definitely, you know, women too doing whatever, but there was, there was a lot of, a lot of shit that went on there. There's, you know, people partying with minors. There's just a lot of, yeah. a lot of illegal shit. And as I, I was a minor in there, yeah, you know, exactly, because like yeah. it was an all ages club, but it, that supposedly had no rules. But now as people have gotten older and they're starting to apply what I like to call this backwards compatibility of the Me Too movement onto their past. Um, and there's definitely scumbags. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, they were scumbags then. 
when you're when it's it, and it's by no means say excusing any of their behavior it's just sort of like huh it, it, it like i if you know i was a teenager and i knew who scumbags were i knew what i knew that you know dudes that were in their 20s that were trying to prey on teenagers weren't cool and 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 it's like as i got older and i saw this culture that was around like me and my band i played in i played there at times uh funeral shock um i was still pretty young when uh when woozor was around so we didn't really see too many of the we would play more more 21 and over places even though they weren't 21 um but we uh when i was when i was older and i was playing in this band funeral shock and we would see youngsters at a lot of the shows we were kind of mindful of like eh, we, you know we don't want to be sticking around too long because it you know we're in our late 20s heading into our 30s at the time we're seeing a lot of our contemporaries in that scene were teenagers and entering their early 20s it's funny to see a lot of those guys today i'm still friends with a few of them and yeah they're in their now they're in their late 20s early 30s i see a lot of them at meetings <laughs> um it's uh it's a strange thing that that like back then it, it's you know and i'm i'm glad that people are trying to to find to i don't know they're trying to do they're just trying to do the right thing but at the same time, when it was back then, I'm like, you weren't that dumb. Like, I, and I, I don't, you know, I, it's, I, I always feel like there's some level of accountability that needs to be taken. And not to say that you can't call out people, call out people for their shitty behavior, but also recognize your own shitty behavior too. You're a shitty teenager. So, anyway. I mean, I, I, I would say as someone that works with um, teenagers for a living that, mm -hmm some of them do have a certain level of naivete and they could potentially be manipulated by totally, totally. who they perceive to be an older, cooler guy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, and then there are some teenagers that obviously know what they're doing and know better. And they're like, no, I'm just going to do this anyway. But some of them are like, no, he really Those loves me. And he really, you know, it's true. No, that's totally true. And, and at that point, that's you know it's one of those things mm -hmm. where I'm, I'm like that's you know the manipulation and definitely can is it's a lot easier when you've got your uh when you've got your 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 teenager drinking and doing drugs so hey i are you are you because you just talked about it are you still doing music or you're are you I, I, I don't ever say i'm done with it it's just i it's not it's right. uh you know i don't drive anymore i haven't driven in like six years so i don't have a car to like transport shit i got my instruments right. i've i've you know I, I got to do the closest thing to music i added of uh my friend had me do write and do guest vocals on a song on um my friend has a band called captain three leg that's uh over there in iowa it's a it's kind of like a uh it's a it's actually it's quite a hybrid band but it's like the majority of their music's like hardcore um but like really goofy hardcore and uh kind of mm -hmm. almost of the spaz vein but they venture into other genres and stuff and they had a, a split that they were doing with this band taco tuesday and uh he they have guest vocals on all the songs and he asked if i would write and do vocals for this one song and um and i definitely was I, i'm a fan of their band i'm like totally i would totally do it and he goes well just so you know it, we may not want to like once you write it if we don't like it we may not use it and i'm like that's fine I, I totally i know the guy very well and i'm totally okay with his rejection but i also was like i'm a fan of the band so i would feel like if i didn't if what i was doing wasn't up to snuff you wouldn't i would know if you wouldn't use it so i um i wrote these lyrics that were kind of responding to this one this one uh comedian that i was kind of at odds with uh, the song's called young man and um and it is sort of uh 
it's funny because it's sort of making fun of uh, uh, it, it's I'm not talking so much to him. I'm talking to myself. I'm like, you know, when, right. when I was a young man. Yeah, I, I, I thought I knew everything, too. And uh, and right now, that's that's one of the things I think that that's interesting about the time. You know, it's funny. You know, we're talking about, you know, teenage naivete. Everybody's so exposed to so many things at a younger age today that I was no, I wasn't, you know, I was exposed to probably my late teens or early 20s. And, you know, and, you know, when you have teenagers right now that are like doing, doing, um, you know, they're doing, uh, uh, you know, they see the thing with the, the George Floyd and you have these these really rotten kids that are imitating it. Like that's one of the the trends of the of some some highly, you know, problematic youth uh, imitating it on and, and sharing it on social media. That's that's the, the not George a, Floyd challenge, yeah, right? Yeah, that's not a coincidence. That's these are these are and I I dare people to find out if it's really the you know there's p- kids do rotten shit and it's because they they're little fucks and uh, <laughs> so yeah. and it, so that's why you know it's like in and I you know in the, in the punk scene these were like some of the, the the thing I've always found in like the punk scene was that they were actually some of the most heartfelt, thoughtful, intelligent people that i found at their age like i mean i was a naive kid i was definitely a naive kid because i you know I, I used to go to shows too thrash shows and with adults and all that kind of stuff and i was also the kind of kid where um i, I was always skeptical of adults so like you know i, I didn't you know if i if i did meet an older person who like you know would seduce me with some cool stuff i didn't want to stay long and uh i remember one time i was skateboarding in pleasanton and uh and this one dude with a megadeth shirt and uh and a and a mullet he's in the neighborhood and he goes hey man uh you come over come over here whatever i just didn't trust him like i was a metalhead i just you know I, and i looked at him i'm like yeah you look like everybody i don't like i don't like your fucking style man I, i'm like i'm good no thanks i kept skating and um so mm-hmm. and and that's and i'm i am a very naive person so that's why it's kind of like you know I, I I give young people a lot more credit maybe than they deserve but but they also the they can they can be some real you know but on the flip side of that there's also some highly intelligent highly sensitive people that 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 are young that are what I feel is like again key to what's going on right now and that's that they're leading oh, the charge so, that's true in a, in a great way and and I mean that's yeah. why that's why I'm like keep going. Keep doing, you know. I, I, you know, yeah. Sometimes that focus might look at me and be like, "Well, what are you doing, Dave?" I'm like, "Well, I'm just going to jerk off in my room and really not, you know, I'm, I'm not hurting anybody, and I don't think I'm not, you know, jerking off with my knee on somebody's neck, so I think I'm okay." And, uh, yeah. and but but aside from you know, I, but I I will champion you, and also I, one of the one of my jokes that like I've, I've been working on was I said, uh, I, I, you know, I'm all for everything in the in the Black Lives Matters movement and all these kinds of things, but it has made it a little bit awkward between me and my my because some of my best friends right now are black dudes and, uh, and they're from recovery and stuff, and um, and I, I the day one of the days of the protest and. Um, here, I'll read it. I, I texted my friend, uh, uh, Akil. He's, he's pretty much one of my best friends right now in my life. And, um, very cool dude. He, I call him nice cube. He looks like a nice ice cube. So, <laughs> and so which like is, if ice cube was friendly. 
which is great because <laughs> I'm me and Dave, so nothing's funnier than me and Dave and Nice Cube, you know? So it's. And, hey, you mean Ice Cube from Are We There Yet? Oh, yeah. The, it, well, I mean, even that, he's got a furrowed brow, man. That's, That's true. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, but let me get, let me find this text. He, because it was, uh, we were talking about, oh, man, we talked a lot about recovery here. Uh, let's see if I can find it. But I, I basically uh, was telling him that. I said, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling guilty looking at all these protests because I'm, I'm worried whether or not I've been nice enough to you <laughs> the last the last <laughs> month. And I'm like, are you okay, man? <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, dude. You know, my dad's just having surgery, but I think he's okay. But yeah, uh, and he, uh, yeah he, he knows my sense of humor. And I said, I just worry. I'm just like, do I have to be nicer to him? Do I have to like open the, open the door? And I, and I said, it, I, I made a joke of like, you know, it's like when you know that you're in a relationship with a girl and it's not going any well because you're asking, are you okay too much? And uh, yeah. that's, you know, I don't want to turn into that guy around my black friends. So, and um, that's, so, yeah, that's just yeah. a joke about, about all that shit. And, and I could tell when I, when I did it at a show, it was still a little too hot button a topic to bring up, but for later. So, what? What? <laughs> I was, uh, man, you, you totally threw me off with that. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I have been. Oh, oh I talk, you know, with, with my like my black friends. I, I do like I want to know what their thoughts on are all this. Like, you know, because it, it is a scary. Well, I don't thing. see one on the show right now, JD. So you don't want to know that bad, do you? I'm, oh, ki- no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm fucking <laughs> with you, man. So. <laughs> That's what everybody's no, been doing right about, now. So. I was always worried about that because I know, <laughs> I know, like, because you know, when we started this thing, it was, it was, you know, it, it just happened, and and I was always worried about, uh, well, not always, but I just started thinking about because people were gonna say, oh, you don't have a woman on your. Oh face God, right don't worry about that shit. That's no, but you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Like that's the thing right now. Yeah. And, and it, at the time, it was it was kind of because uh, I had a I had a friend. He has his band in. Uh, in Antioch, and um, they're like a hardcore band, and they got booted out of a show for not having any women in their lineup. Weird. And well, maybe it was the show itself. Uh, was it some? I guess, it might have been some it's, feminist it's, thing, cause or something. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things that I and you know we're 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 what we're one Mexican dude, a white guy, a black guy, and uh, whatever the hell. Oh, you do it. Yeah. Okay. I can't see anybody. <laughs> so if you got a black dude on here, we're good. I mean, I'm I'm also a, a you know quarter Latino, so it's I'm covering so many bases. They, they as as my black friends tell me, that just means you're white, uh, according to them. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they do tell me that. Like I've had that happen like so many times where like uh, comics, black comics, was been all right. This next dude, I don't know, you know, he's cool for a white dude. I'm like, I'm not white, motherfucker. I I just sound white. I know what you mean. I grew up in, I grew up in the suburbs. I know what I sound like, but you know. <laughs> So hey, um, what what? So uh, you, I think you mentioned it earlier. For people, our listeners that want to check you out, that want to see what you've been doing, because right now, like like Phil says, content is mm-hmm. king. Where can people find you on social media or or uh, or see your YouTube uh, of shows that you have? You just there? said it, YouTube. Uh, no, <laughs> YouTube.com. You can. What's, 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 what's uh, the name of the show is In the Meantime with Mean Dave. The name of the channel you won't remember as much because it's uh, youtube.com slash the explainer, T H E E explainer. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a rap name I used to use when I started the fucking channel. But, um, but I mean, you hear how much I explain, it kind of explains itself. But, uh, so, uh, but yeah, just look up In the Meantime with Mean Dave and you should be able to find it. Or just if you look up Mean Dave Comedian, you can find, uh, 
what my YouTube videos and eventually my channel. Um, and then, uh, you have two podcasts. Uh, right? I don't, they're, they're kind of, it's not so much podcast. Like, well, in the meantime with me and Dave is like a formerly a podcast that became a YouTube web series. And then, um, the podcast Ooh. that I was doing with my friend, Erie diamond was called, uh, another terrible podcast by comics. And we were, we were doing yeah. that up until the COVID, uh, until the, the court, the, shelter in place and then we converted that into a to a live podcast on zoom for a show so we do we do it as a live podcast show so it's 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 both it's a podcast but it, we have an audience so it's not as indulgent and we kind of feel like a need to service the audience and it works really great because we uh, the audience is kind of you know somewhat involved we have we have them on the chat and stuff and and uh, we talk about, you know, current topics and stuff. So I've been doing that with her for about a year, but I may, I'm going to be like kind of branching off from the show. Like I'll still be on it occasionally, but I've already been like, I'm not doing it this Sunday. Uh, we have a, a guest host, uh, Sarah John Bruno with, and cause I told her I, I, I perform with yeah, her. Yeah. She's yeah. great. And I love her to, to pieces yeah. and it's uh, but it's a sort of a time to kind of like start, Cause I already told her like after we've been doing the shelter in place shows have been great. Um, but as we are like coming, as we're going to start opening back up, um, I'm probably going to step away from that podcast regularly and I'll still be involved and I still definitely check it out. We are episodes, look up another terrible podcast by comics. You'll find it. You can find also the, the episodes from, um, from our zoom shows on YouTube. If you look up another terrible podcast by comics, yeah, podcast. you'll find that a great it, name. I love the name. Yeah, no, totally. And it's and it's yeah. we it's it's a cop out so that way we can we can have a terrible podcast and say, yeah, that's what it's called. Right. But it's really the thing about it is it's really a cool podcast. I enjoy it. Um I just uh I just know that it's like it's one of those things where I, I want Erie to grow as well and I think she'll benefit yeah. from like a more of a rotating lineup of hosts uh and kind of kind of and that's just me because I've been you know just been around and I'm like okay I kind of I wanted I want to step into it more as like a uh, as a guest and less of a co-host. So right, that, that it's it's funny you say that because like when I when I originally wanted to start a podcast, well, well, one of the original ideas was just to do Gaspar, mm -hmm. but like uh, I I enjoy. I mean, because Gaspar's barely here, but, you know. Oh, but I you can feel his it. presence. I remember Gaspar's a yeah. You could yeah. You can hear his little giggles whenever you say something hard. I love I love his sense yeah. of humor too, man. I always his his oh, one liners yeah, no. are great. Yeah, and I enjoy doing the podcast with with uh, people who are non comics. My my, my uh, Phil and uh, what, do you recommend comics to start a podcast? Hell like, no. Get the more the, the more normal the people that can have a regular conversation, the better. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> fuck comics man because they're always yeah. trying to be funny like the ones that are that at this level they're always they think that they and not all of them but majority of them they right. think they always have yeah because there's some new comics that I, I i met over you know over the years and like you know some of them they they do it they're really good and then they just leave and then some of them when they come on they're they they like you said they have it they have that thing that some older comics don't even have and i like interacting with them because it makes me excited about comedy so i i say find the people that if you like somebody and you connect with somebody and they seem like a cool person invite them on do, do something with them because i that's how yeah. basically all of my my like again my foundation of like friendship and and people i choose to work with is first rooted in do i get along with them as people yep things i look at do i believe in them as comics and yeah. somewhat self-aware of like kind of the, 
the level of work they do. And then after that, um, if, if, you know, if, if that works out, then it's like, I mean, usually these things are not like, they aren't like requirements. I check off a list. It's just who I find myself surrounding <laughs> myself with over time. And, and that's yeah. really just, it's kind of the same thing that I applied for my recovery. They say get with the winners. And my definition of a winner is not the same as like the vast majority of the way comedy looks at, at, you know, like, oh, these are, you know, the people that with a, with a fucking television credit, barely anybody saw or, or people that, you know, you know, do this or that. And they're, they're chasing some fucking, you know, cheese in the maze that, that they'll never get. And I'm not really, I don't get into that. I like, I, I, I like in, um, I said this to a friend of mine in an interview that uh, my life tends to be more, there's a movie, corny ass movie, Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. Um, and yeah. I've, I've always, Classic. Yeah, and I love that movie. Uh, it's I, and I, it's even part of one of my jokes because uh, I say it's, it's uh, you know it's it's a movie that is uh, what is it? It's it's about a guy you know who thinks it, or he, he wishes he was dead uh, around Christmas time. He reaches the end of his ropes uh, and and um, and it's one of those movies that uh, you know it's a, he's a fail. He then kill, tries to kill himself and he fails at that. So it's like he's a failure on top of a failure in a nice white neighborhood where no one should be failing. And, and, I said, and that just lifts my spirits every Christmas. And, and so, but more important to the, the, the ending, the Frank Capra classic ending, of, uh, because he was a character, George Bailey was a guy who had big dreams when he was young. You know, he, he, you know, he always, he had all these plans to leave his town and go do these amazing things, travel the world. And anything that right before he would be about to leave, every time something would happen that would keep him at home where he had to uh, he would have to help the town and, and, and be responsible and be of service to others. And and he did this so much that then at some point in his life, he felt trapped and and he, and he faced a fear of that. You know, here he was in a marriage in, a ha- in what, what looked like a happy marriage. He had kids, he had a family and all these things. But um, but through one circumstance of losing the misplacing the money, he's now scared shitless uh, and afraid that everything's going to come down on him. And so he wishes that he was dead and he tries to kill himself and he fails. And the angel teaches him why, you know, this is what happens if you didn't exist. And um, and then he goes back to 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 his town. Grateful. He, he returns back. Grateful. This is really in recovery is full of this shit. But it, but it's basically he's then reset back to that point in time, and he's completely grateful of his situation because he looks around and he's like, I have everything I need here, and and not only that, he has the love of his family and his friends, and and that it makes a man richer than anything else. And so I look at the world that I try to cultivate myself as being like, yeah, and I, I dare I say, I, I have the best friends that anybody could ask for in recovery and in comedy. And, uh, and it continues and I keep that attitude forward and, and, um, and I think it attracts again, uh, people that are very, uh, that are, uh, it brings out the best in people around me and it attracts people that I, I really enjoy working with. So is that sappy enough for everybody? <laughs> well, no, definitely. I, it, it's, I get the feeling the, you guys are I, crying. I just, I love that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Hey, you, you know what? In in real life, um, I know that J- Jimmy Stewart, the actor that played that part, um, please don't say he was a racist. He, a lot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. I um, so so I know that 
in in real life, um, dur- you know, during World War II, a lot of celebrities were drafted in the war. And because James Stewart was a college graduate, he naturally sat in the officer's circle for a bit. But apparently, unlike most celebrities, like even like someone like John Wayne, who has the reputation, the, the, at least the outward uh, market value being Mr. Tough, Mr. Leader Man. You know, he's done military pictures. Jimmy Stewart apparently took the role of his officership so mm-hmm. seriously that they kept bumping him up in the ranks. And he's the, I think he is, and I don't want to say he's the only celebrity at that time to reach as far as he did, but I think he was one of the mm-hmm. very few. They, they, after the war was sort of finished, he was supposed to like, you know, relinquish his statement, his, his station and like just be a complete civilian and go back to making movies. But they kept mm-hmm. him on. And so um, my grandfather was telling me, he says he had a, he had actually guessed as he was reading the newspapers why they were keeping him on. They liked him so much and they respected him so much. They kept him on until he got the rank of general and then they let him. Wow. Go. Oh, J- JD just told me um, that he got kicked off trying to get back on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, yeah, no, it's, it, that's, it, I'm not surprised. And John Wayne's always had a notorious um, uh, reputation for being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I thought it was just kind of awesome that, you know, his real life character seems to be just as uh, about giving service you know, as his fictional character in this movie was. Totally. Yeah, I never even knew that about. I'm one of those people. It's like, yeah, I like the movie. That you know, I know he's a nice guy. Never learned much about him, but yeah, that's that's great to hear. (laughs) Shit, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love. uh, I'm gonna steal JD's question. Uh, Do you have favorite uh, horror movies? Um, And then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, one and three are like a good close second. Um, and then beyond that, really, I'm just like a kind of an all around, you know, I, I like, I, I enjoy horror just as much as, you know, any other genre. Um, you know, my favorite directors of all that, Wes Craven, uh, Toby Hooper, I, I, I think was like, he made one groundbreaking film and he's still a good director, but he never quite, uh, you know, I like part two also, but he never, never quite found his footing outside of those movies. And then, um, but like, uh, as far as modern day horror, I mean, we, you got you got directors like you know if, if David Fincher ever you know so much there's horror elements in his movies that I fucking love he makes he makes horror seem like it's going to break out of the social network and uh, you know it's so I, I love his movies I love uh, Tarantino movies I love and um, Robert Rodriguez and all those guys from that era and then there's not a lot of auteurs today um, no. like the way they the way they're used to be I think a lot of studios even I mean a lot of movies even like independent the pairing movies are not, not the same. I forget what the last movie I saw was that I saw that, uh, that one movie, um, what was it? The invisible man that just came out recently. And that's made by, um, I'm forgetting his name, but it's uh, the guy who wrote saw and he's, he made also another movie upgrade. He's been in movies for a long time, but, um, invisible woman was probably the first, uh, like horror thriller I'd seen in a long time. That was really interesting. Cause it was, incredibly subversive in the sense that I think they made a movie that was trying to show the female experience to men <laughs> um, because oh. it was because uh, you're dealing with a woman who's being harassed and, and terrorized by an invisible man 
and and women could watch and be like yeah that's like you know my day-to-day -day life only i can see the motherfuckers uh, whereas lee wennell lee, yeah uh, wennell that's yeah something yeah. like that yeah i'm having trouble hearing yeah. you but yeah it's not about that yeah the but the uh but he but the but when I, I saw it with my buddy akil actually we saw it we saw it together and after <laughs> the movie we both were like kind of shell-shocked and I was like, I, something about me, about that movie makes me feel like that movie was intended to show men the female mm. experience. Um, mm. So it, it's it's an interesting movie to watch because it was one of those movies that when I saw the trailer for it, I'm like, why is this movie being made now? Like in the age of Me Too, I would think the last thing people would want to really see is this woman terrorized by a man that you can't see. Because it, it's called The Invisible Man, but it's not about the man. It's about the woman. And, and it has nothing it has nothing to do with the classic H not at all it's it's if anything yeah. what's so funny is that the technology that allows him to create this invisible man suit is really just kind of brushed over and it's really just yeah. it's the it's the point of what i think is a long metaphor um which is to i mean it's really just just it's it's this woman who's terrorized by the patriarchy you know because and right. she's also being gaslit because no one will believe her and uh and then even after they find him after they catch the guy in the suit um and it's it, it's and i don't want to spoil the movie but they still don't believe her when she she still knows something else is up after they catch the guy and and it's funny because it's like she just proved to all of you that there was an invisible man chasing her the entire movie and you still don't believe her <laughs> and which, I, which is what i think is like the kind of the ultimate like kind of kind of you know yeah. point of the the movie and and so that's why i was like you know that's why when like i feel like women will watch it some will some will enjoy i've asked women about what they thought about it and it's gotten mixed reviews from them but um but a lot of dudes will watch it and they'll just be like man that shit was fucked up so yeah <laughs> which yeah. I, I know you've, you've seen it right phil okay yeah i i yeah yeah i saw it at the drive-in uh, last month about it you know because there's there you watch a movie and sometimes without thinking about what subliminal or what you know what undertones there is it's just it's just oh okay yeah it's just that movie but uh now that you mentioned that that that's uh, an interesting take on that I didn't even what, what did uh that. phil what did you think of the movie <laughs> so, oh that was awesome that was great. i, I love that response no, because um, a lot of horror movies, especially nowadays, it's yeah. really hard to pull off. People go for the cheap scares, like totally. jump scares and gore. But this is like a psychological thing. They pulled it off really well. Like you can tell the people who made this knew what they were doing and uh, mm -hmm. cared about their craft. And, and it was too long. see a lot Man, in horror long, movies man. these days. And it didn't feel long. But, so, um, uh, you do a little bit of acting, right? I don't know if they cover that when, when, because uh, I, I saw uh, you were in. Uh, we've interviewed uh, uh, Jesus Cruz, and you're you're in one of his skits, or were you in multiple or just one? I was in one that he filmed uh, that we did in San Jose, and then um, uh, at a restaurant, then, right? Yeah, and I just played. I didn't. My speak. My lines were cut, so I didn't even have a speaking role. But it was just ah. more of a presence. But it was fine. Um, no, I've done some. I've done. Um, I got. A, I'm in a movie. Actually, it's on Amazon Prime. That's you know it's it's all right it's not the best movie or by any means but uh but my it's called live or die in la honda and uh okay. i i like it for what it was uh, i could there's my scenes are good i i enjoyed my scenes um 
and uh, but the, I like my friend Eric Summers' review of it. He goes a lot. He goes uh, a lot of shooting, a lot of drinking, little too much talking, which I I, <laughs> I feel is a, a fair assessment. But um, yeah, you can find that it's, it's on Amazon Prime, and um, I think you can you can also uh, watch it streaming on other other things. And then uh, I, I also I, I just uploaded on my channel actually my uh, short film I made in 2004 called day versus the chairs which is like a a fun little slapstick uh four minute film that uh that i'm always i was very proud of and i gave it as a gift to my family that year and it was kind of a popular gift and i never uploaded it to youtube because i didn't want to cheapen it and uh and then i waited until 2020 uh to then cheapen the fuck out of it so there you go (laughs) right on man hey dude again thank you again for coming on man Uh, oh thank you for having me man i've enjoyed yeah dude i appreciate you coming on and uh Thank you for giving us the time, and I hope all the listeners check you out, man, because that's the goal with with this podcast. You know, get all my talented buddies, and and not just my buddies, but just talented people in general from the area, get to get to get them some views from from whatever I can bring, you know, and and just have a great conversation. Totally, and that's uh, that's what I was gonna say. If I didn't bore them to tears, uh, yeah, feel free, keep <laughs> keep checking me out, man. There's plenty more where that came from. Right on, man. I hope to I hope to be performing again with you soon, bro. Same here, man. Thank you very much, you guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. Glad to have you, off, man. Have a great night. Yeah. All right. This is everybody. We are out.